Peace, everyone, and welcome to the Healing Space Podcast, Episode 1. I am your host, Sensei Raven Akundayo. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening in today. It's greatly appreciated. This is a totally new chapter for my wellness brand, The Love Movement, for my company, Revolution Multimedia, and for The Healing Space. A brief history about myself and about my company for those of you who may not be familiar with who I am. I am a native of Baltimore, Maryland. I am currently living in Atlanta, Georgia. I became ordained in 2010. Whew, that feels so long ago. Um, I am an ordained Buddhist sensei. I am also a certified life coach and yoga instructor. I created my company, Revolution Multimedia LLC, in the fall of 2006, along with my online magazine, Escape the Matrix. In 2010, I created my wellness brand, which is the Love Movement. Uh, that took place after a uh, radio interview that I had while there were tons of uh, suicides going on on college campuses. And that was the discussion on the radio. Um, I made a decision that I wanted to be a part of the solution and not just someone who talked. So I created the Love Movement as my answer to that. And throughout the years, I have done my best to give platforms to people to speak out for those who feel like they don't have voices as a way of spreading love and showing that we are all different, but we are all truly worthy of love. Uh, during that time in 2012, I created my uh, movement, I guess you would say, called uh, The Healing Space, which is under the Love Movement's brand. And The Healing Space was a town hall that I would have uh, four times a year, along with my co-moderators, uh, Rebecca Dupas and Adike Rose, two poets and entrepreneurs out of the Maryland area. And it was major. It was really, really awesome. And every single time we would have one of the town halls, we moved people, we touched people, we healed people. And uh, the way that it pretty much worked out is that we would have uh, an artist come and perform for one hour and they would tell their story through their art. And with each piece, they would be questioned by the audience as a way of helping them to heal. So the uh, audience would give them certain questions that would lead, to, lead them excuse me, to have to talk about whatever the issue was, prayerfully being a catharsis for them. Uh, during the second hour, we then turned it on the audience and we would then ask them questions, giving them an opportunity to heal themselves through speaking back to us and also to each other. It was a wonderful success. And it's a brand, as I said, the healing space. So it moved into my yoga and meditation classes, uh, the love and light sessions, which I would teach on a monthly basis in Baltimore. And then I decided that I wanted to have a podcast now that I'm in my next chapter here in Atlanta. And here we are, the Healing Space podcast. The next chapter for the Healing Space is the Healing Space podcast. And my reason for creating the podcast is that I want to show people that there are different ways for healing. Now, for me, people most know me for my wellness, for yoga, for meditation, for life coaching. And that's what people consider to be healing. But there are many different forms of healing. There's television, there's music, there's dance. There's so many different forms. And we can't judge people for their way of being able to cope, of being able to heal. So through this podcast, I want to introduce you to different artists, different people, all finding their different ways of being able to heal. We'll have interviews, we'll have discussions, we'll have an all-around great time. 
So with that being said, I want us to begin to tackle one of my favorite things, which is pop culture. And I'm honored to be able to have one of my dear friends joining us week after week to help to give a rundown of all things pop culture. And with that being said, I'd like to introduce you all to Mr. Brandon Harris Williams. Welcome, sir. Hello, hello, hello. How are you today? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Oh, well, I mean, I guess. Looks like you to be better. First podcast, you better flyin' it up. Sign up, sign up. How are you, sir? I'm amazing, blessed, and highly favored. Mm, indeed. Know. What are you doing? Not, not, not too much. It's the day that the Lord has made, who rejoice. I'll be glad. I will. Okay. Calm, calm down, Jennifer Lewis. Calm down. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to be tackling pop culture. So we have quite a list because this list is going to be covering the summer in its entirety. So we need to get right into it. With that being said, we're going to tackle music. So Brandon, go ahead and let them know. I mean, you know, it was a lot going on with the music this summer, but I don't, I really struggle to like keep up with everything. So (laughs) these are just like the main, main highlights. Sorry, I'm just being honest, you know. Jay-Z came out with his album, telling all his business, and everybody was like, ooh, you cheated on Beyonce. <laughs> do, you, do you think it was a good response to Lemonade, or? That would mean I listened to Lemonade. I, <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> I heard a single or two. Ooh. <laughs> okay, true, true, okay. the art and other people said this too though of like telling just enough but still being very ambiguous this is very true really do interviews or still don't really fully confirm or deny anything so it's like okay because of course anytime you're singing or you're rapping whatever it's from your point of view quote unquote but we never know for sure if that's really your story whoever else wrote it or produced it or if you're just speaking from experience just being the the person sending the message so it's very easy to try to connect pieces, but we still won't ever really know probably the truth. This is very true. This is very... They, they have absolutely mastered. I agree with you on that. They definitely have that down. They, they know what you will know, and they know what you won't know. <laughs> exactly. There's a part of me that feels like they have meetings beforehand, before they even get in the studio. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But then she went, and she gave me the best gift she could have ever given me. Which was Gemini's. Yes, Lord. Oh, I'm like, guessing you're talking about Sir and Rumi? Yes. We'll go with that. <laughs> 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 so, 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 so you just know them as the twins? <laughs> I mean, the Gemini twins. That's important. Oh, okay. Gemini twins. Because yeah. they're Gemini. So. Okay. Okay. We've got a rep for them. we got a rep for them. You know. Congratulations. Well, thank you, because we've been getting a lot of, like, slack, a lot of, like, slander out here, and it's just, it's not appreciated. That that would it's actually be both of our signs. I'm not sure if you realize, but Scorpio and Gemini get more hate than, like, everyone in the Zodiac. I ain't heard nobody talk about no Scorpio in a negative way. What? No. Oh, you no. have some studying you need to do. <laughs> we, we're probably the most hated. <laughs> 
believe it. People can't stand Scorpios. But we are getting so far off the topic. Okay, so we're leaving the Carters. (laughs) (laughs) We're leaving the Carters. And and what's next? Okay. um, Little Girl with the Lettuce scissors. (laughs) Her album, finally. And everybody went up for it. I really do know. I don't really like a lot of new music because I feel like folks can't really sing. It's don't be real vibey, like like smoke. And so I don't really get into it. I finally listened to her album, and I was right. It was all those things I just said. <laughs> I turned on Nita Baker after it went off because I was just like, girl. I'm a little too old for this. This this is an area where we absolutely agree. Um, most people I know really love SZA. I was unable to get into her. It, it did nothing for me when I heard her live. It did even less. So I Listen. guess we are in the minority. <laughs> and that's fine. I don't have to. Everybody else, she got plenty of other things. She don't even need me. She absolutely, yes. That is that is one Scorpio who's doing just fine for herself. Just fine. Uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. Calm down. She's giving y'all a bad name. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But good for her. Congratulations. Congratulations, yeah. indeed. Okay, what's uh, next? <laughs> Remy Ma still beefing with herself all summer. I just don't understand. Did you say beefing with herself? Herself, yes. Herself. Because <laughs> for beefing, y'all gotta be on equal footing, like the same level. I just... Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's gotta be a mutual back and forth. And she's like... And she's... I'm upset with her because she played her cards completely wrong, like all of them. Like, we were all really fired. She got out of jail. You know what I'm saying? She had a nice little comeback story. Her and her husband they all on reality television we like you go girl and then she came out with out with fat joe nobody asked for <laughs> then she gave us this hour-long this that was unnecessary and not needed and it's been downhill ever since i just Whew, okay. okay so so i guess i'm guessing from your point of view this wasn't a good summer for rumi ma mm-hmm. okay. no but i I think it was her last summer. So oh no, Jesus! <laughs> I mean, she she received quite a bit of love from a lot of people. <laughs> but but but, but even with that being said, you still think? I mean, she has people like Little Kim backing her. So, uh, listen. Oh. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe we should be moving on to uh. To... I love Kimberly Jones, I do. Okay. But whenever Kimberly Jones is from performing, she's not giving you anything past like 2003. So I don't know how much credibility that's giving Remy Ma. <laughs> Just you know, so really. While staying on, uh, <laughs> staying on women rappers, let, let's now go ahead and slide over to Cardi B. And she, My she, girl. she owned the summer. She really did. Little bitch, you can't fuck with me if you wanted to. Because he's expensive. These are red bottoms. These his bloody shoes. Yes. Okay. I love her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what I don't get, though, um, which is where you might be able to help me out. The obsession with her going number one. I don't really get that part of standing. Like, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, the whole acc- accolades and, like, all of the, like, you want. I don't... I don't quite understand why we're so invested in her going number one. I guess, quote unquote, you know, to beat out Nikki because folks want Nikki to, you know, folks are tired of her. You know, of course, Taylor Swift because she's trash or whatever. But I'm just like, why? Why are we so invested? Well, to be honest, and you, you know, for me, I appreciate the fact that she's so genuinely herself. 
I do appreciate that. Um, I don't care to hear her talk. Uh, when she begins to talk, I, I kind of tune out. But I love the journey. I love where she came from, that she's not ashamed of who she is. You know, I love all that. And to be honest with you, I think that's the reason why people want her to be number one. People want her to succeed on the charts is because there are a lot of people who put her down, who said that she was incapable of being able to do anything, you know. And a lot of people, I think, see themselves in her. Someone who came from, you know, places where people might try to shame you. And she was still able to become a success because of it. And of course, you know, we live in a culture these days where I guess the the more that quote unquote normal society looks at you as if you are a leper, then people are going to push you up and want you to succeed. So I think that's what's that's what's happening right now. I mean, because I, I do enjoy her. I do. I'm a huge fan, but I'm not going to be like streaming the song all day long because there's other songs I want to hear. <laughs> you know, I wanted to win, but you know, I, not for me, girl. I'm sorry. It's not happening but, for you? Know, I mean, I'm going to still buy the album and the mixtape. Okay. But I'm just not streaming them all day long. Okay. Just, Understood. I'm <laughs> sorry, not sorry. And, and let's close out music on uh, the Escape Reunion. How do you feel about that? I love it. I'm here for it. Them Heffers is going on tour. I'm surprised they're still able to be in the same room together, on the same stage together. <laughs> I'm surprised Candy was able to forgive the Scott sisters because that Heffer can hold a grudge. Okay. I'm all well, the way, 10,000% here for it. Well, for, for people like me who have absolutely no idea of what the drama was, can you briefly explain that? Um, several things. <laughs> um, well, you know, in most groups, at a certain point, people want to go solo, do their own things. It's only so for so long that four people or three people, or however many, you know, what I'm saying, can continue to think like the same or still want to all do the exact same thing, kind of. And mm-hmm. so it was a number of things. Um, uh, Latasha Scott uh, was really trying to get um, her own solo deal, her own solo project going, and Candy felt that. She was trying to use their last album as to kind of set that up. I felt like she was really trying to push them more in the background to kind of push herself up front to, you know, try to be Beyonce before Beyonce kind of thing. Right. And so, Candy wasn't down for that. But also, they used to get into, like, fist fights and altercations with each other in the studio and backstage or whatever. Wow. And then, Tamika Scott went and did an interview saying that Candy slept with, oh, I don't want to say the wrong people. But whoever she said, it was good a job, lie. good job. And so because of that, Candy did not talk to her, or well, either one of the sisters really for like eighteen years. Wow. And so they, but they only end up making up because there was going to be a uh, biopic coming out that they weren't involved in, mm-hmm. and they were like, anybody's going to tell our story, we should be able to tell our own story. So they kind of finally forced them to sit down and hash things out. Wow. We'll see it all play out on the reality show coming up this fall. One Bravo. <laughs> I'm excited. I said, we're going to get their wardrobe together when they go live. And, you know, but hey, <laughs> one step at a time. One step at a time. We're going to get there. God willing. God willing. <laughs> I'm just saying. I just, they were, like, the outfits, I'll just be like, I, mm. Okay. Inhale and exhale. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I believe you should dress for your body type. I believe that you should, I hate to say dress for your age, but I mean, they're not 20. So take that how you want to take it. Sir, this supposed to be the music section and you getting <laughs> just, you, you, They are musicians. You, 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 you starting to take this into the fashion section now. <laughs> it's, it's all one package. 
bitch. I gotta look at you when you're on stage singing. I'm not gonna go to the concert and close my eyes. Okay, so we 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 are now going to transition from music to movies, and this was a pretty poor year, summer anyway, for films. Depressing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> movies did not do as well as one would expect, but there were some pretty big standouts, and uh, one of them was Wonder Woman. Uh, she had a domestic gross of, uh, as of the 18th of September anyway, of $411 million and worldwide of $818 million. So that was pretty impressive. Yeah, especially how people assumed that uh, Gall and Patty didn't have nothing for you, you know? Exactly. And Patty's coming back to give you the sequel. Exactly. So I'm definitely very happy that they were able to prove all of the naysayers wrong. And I personally love the film. I thought it was awesome. Exactly. It was really good. I hate that, you know, DC films are trying to, you know, give you a Marvel Cinematic Universe in two years. <laughs> Marvel's been building it up for 10. But Wonder Woman, you could tell, you know what I'm saying? You could tell that Patty really liked, she really did her thing. She really, like, cared and was invested in it. It shows. And it, I have not heard anybody rave about any of the other DC, DC movies the way they raved about Wonder Woman. This is true, and I, I definitely agree with you as far as Marvel's pacing as compared to DC. It's like DC felt rushed to catch up, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like it really should have been the other way around. Justice League should not be happening yet, you know? At all. <laughs> At all. <laughs> and then Cyborg was supposed to be having his own film, and they completely took that from him, and now he's being... Uh, smushed into the Flash's film now, so it's like going to be a, a buddy movie. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> but at least right now we can celebrate Wonder Woman until Justice League comes out later this year, and then I when it comes going out, to see that, but yeah. <laughs> not you won't be going to see. It. I'm just letting you know I won't be attending. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so while Wonder Woman beat out this next film domestically she was unable to hold it over them worldwide and that would be spider-man homecoming spider-man homecoming made 330 million uh, stateside and 861 million worldwide which says a lot because as of september 18th it actually ended up coming out many months after uh, its release date in America. So I think that's one of the things that Wonder Woman, or I mean, it, it may be Spider-Man because they could be looking at Spider-Man if they would have done day and date, it would have ended up having bigger numbers. The fact that it came out so much later than its day side release may be the reason why it didn't go as high as it could have because it could be in the billions, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I, actually, at first, I really was not interested in another Peter Parker movie. I'm like, how many times are we going to reboot this same <laughs> Because it's been other Spider-Man. There have been. I'm not a big comic person, but I'm like, okay, give somebody else a chance. Damn it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Exactly. And so, but I really enjoyed this actor. I don't want to mess up his name or give you the wrong one. So I'm not going to say it. But he did a really good job, and I was pleasantly surprised I enjoyed the movie. It didn't overhype, you know, Zendaya's role in the movie, at least in the previews and commercials. But I get that's to get people to go see the movie her fans or whatever so yes. I get it as a marketing strategy but I hate it when it when it's done so. <laughs> well for, for, for the record his name is Tom Holland so thank you yes Appreciate you. <laughs> you know Just we're here for each around. other uh, yes we see each other yes. 
but uh but but yeah um i believe that there's there's a payoff for zendaya without you know saying too much there's a payoff but yeah i can definitely understand where you're coming from um she was hilarious in the movie her her dry wit was was great i really enjoyed that um and it i looked at uh Michael Keaton some kind of way when they said the character he was going to play, but they actually ended up doing a really good job with his version of the Vulture. A really good job. Yes. I I really enjoyed it. And the way it it all panned out, not to give anything away, but I was like, oh, okay. Right. Well, so I did enjoy it. And and the funny thing is, is that there there are things to give away. There really are things to give away, and I I'm not often caught off guard by things in movies these days. But I can genuinely say that it caught me off guard. I was like, "Wow, who saw that coming?" Okay, <laughs> exactly. I, I like that too. That even with comic books and the comic, you know, the adaptations of these movies, with them being around for so long, with them having so many fans, you can still kind of shock and awe and still surprise fans and readers when they go see the movie because you can present it in a different way because the same thing can be said for the one woman movie you know because the first towards the end of the movie there's a twist before the, the bigger twist <laughs> so, right <laughs> the first twist really catches you off guard you're like okay wait like who what <laughs> <laughs> so it's really good because you're expecting one thing but then you're completely thrown away off that's always good to still happen right so uh, another movie that absolutely made history this summer, closing out the summer in a very big way, was It. Now, I did my best to do research on the box office grosses stateside and worldwide. And unfortunately, I couldn't find anything because of the damn name of the movie. <laughs> the movie is named It. So when I would type in It domestic box office, nothing would come up. <laughs> I guess they're confused. <laughs> So, so just know it broke box office records. It is the highest grossing uh, R-rated horror movie of all time. Yeah, and I heard the second one is um, not officially in development yet, but they're at least working on the script. Because apparently, I guess the novel, I think, is like really long. And it's at like 27 years like um, apart from each other or whatever. Like he comes back when they're adults. Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to take it that you've never seen the miniseries. No. Yeah. The original movie, too, though, is like, is in both... Um, I guess it's both when there's children and then as adults too, right? Well, that's the miniseries. Yeah, the the miniseries okay. is the original. And they start out as kids. And so that's the reason why it was a miniseries. So it could take you from when they were kids to when they were adults. So they figured with the movie, they would just separate it to two films. Yeah. So I don't do scary clowns. So I won't be saying <laughs> this one or the sequel. I'm sorry. But I'm happy it's successful. You yes. Do that. Yes. It was really good, and I can honestly say the only part that messed me up was the very first scene. After the very first scene, like, I didn't jump throughout the whole film. I was just disturbed by the first scene. After the first scene, the rest of the movie, I was good. I sat there. I enjoyed it. A lot of people said it wasn't that scary, so I don't... Well, I I think it's all according. For those who are terrified of clowns, and there are a good number of people who are terrified by clowns. We just did not not go see the movie. Right. Exactly. Hello. For those of us who were in the in the movie, you know, we clearly aren't bothered by clowns. And if you can get past that point, then yeah, there's there's very little that's going to scare you after that. Um, I remember seeing the trailer, and it's like it's raining, it's dark, and then the little boy he's like running down, and it's like sailboat, mm-hmm. it's like falling. I'm like, this don't seem like it's about to be dramatic. It's really been a 
And then it goes down the sewer. I said, let me scroll the hell up on my Twitter because I'm not going to play whatever's down there. Nope. I'm not going to do this. No. No. But, um, so I haven't seen the full trailer because I just don't do clowns. Oh, <laughs> then yeah, you just need to never. Yeah. <laughs> I'm amazed you've been able to be on social media. <laughs> I mean, I've seen that. Like, just looking at the clown does not scare I me. I was about but... to say because they have Pennywise everywhere. Because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that terrified. I just don't. But okay, so real quick, these last couple. Um, we can one run through well last several, and then the I I, I wanted to leave one. I wanted to leave one at the end for us to truly discuss because I know that you're here for it all day. So next would Shut be uh, <laughs> next would be Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron, <clears throat> and uh, a lot of people did not go to see that movie. I'm assuming you're one of them, right? I am. <laughs> I believe that the movie was awesome um i'm actually disappointed that it did really bad at the box office because it means more than likely it's not going to have a sequel and i think it's definitely worthy of a sequel i think that charlie's done an amazing job uh i actually liked uh atomic blonde more than salt i really thought that like the cinematography was stunning it was so beautiful and uh james mcavoy was amazing in it john goodman like they had a really good cast and I wonder if oh no, go ahead. no go ahead. I was gonna say I wonder if people because that's kind of for me because I usually I'm a little maybe burnt out on those types of like salt movies and the and Atomic Blonde all those like super action slash sci fi you know movies with all the white blonde leads so, you know what I'm saying like maybe with a little like yeah you know diversity would be nice right like not to sound cliche but you know what I'm saying just like give us something different something new something or even if it's the same genre. Let's see a new face do this. Right. Absolutely. I can definitely understand that. Um, But with that being said, there are quite a few movies coming out that are going to be just like that. Um, (laughs) They they have one. uh, They have one that's coming out with Jennifer Lawrence, I believe. They have one that's coming out. uh, A new Laura Croft, new Tomb Raider movie they have. I saw that it came out of nowhere. Yes. Yes. When did we even... (laughs) Okay, deadline didn't announce this or nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's been in the works for a little while. Um, Alicia Vikander. I mean, I know it has to be, but I, I, I don't remember even hearing about it at all. Right, right. Um, Alicia Vikander is going to be taking over to Laura Croft from Angelina Jolie. So that'll be interesting uh-huh. because they're moving in the, the direction of how Laura is portrayed now in the video game, uh, where uh-huh. she's uh, a little bit more relatable, you know. Uh-huh. Um, she's not using guns, things of that nature. So that's going to be very interesting uh-huh. to see. Uh, but then... We move on from there to two movies that I don't think either of us saw, which was uh, first starting off with the movie Detroit. And I didn't see Detroit because I just wasn't ready to have a trigger fest. That's the honest reason why I didn't see it. (laughs) I didn't want to just be triggered all over the place and I couldn't deal. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to see this movie, sadly enough. At first I was interested, but I kept hearing a lot of like negative things. I was like, oh, well, let me save my, because the movies ain't cheap nowadays. So I said, so let me just save my money. Amen. And I'll just stay at the house. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like a fan of a lot of people, different people in the cast or whatever, and I want them to like do well. But Absolutely. Just, Absolutely. I, I, I want to still enjoy the movie. I still, like, yeah. Yeah. I can be a fan of somebody and say, okay, that one wasn't good. Maybe the next one will be better. Right. 
And I was actually disappointed with not being able to see the film because I really wanted to support those artists, you know, because they have some great actors in that film. Um, another movie that I wanted to see, but I had totally different reasons for why I didn't see it, was All Eyes on Me, Tupac's film. And I didn't see it because I love Tupac. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, I really, really love Tupac. And something in my mind was like, I don't know if this is going to do it. Like, I feel like I'm going to be really disappointed, you know, um, because I want to I want to see all sides of him. And I'm not sure if they showed all sides. And I'm like, I don't want this to just be, you know, focused on certain aspects of his life. I want the fullness of his life. So I'm like, until I can get somebody who can really tell the fullness of his life, I think I'm going to be good. Um, the documentary that came out on him a little bit after he passed away, I consider it to still be the best I absolutely love that documentary, and I'll watch that over and over again, which I believe... Well, you... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Um, I think it was of the same name. I think it's All Eyes on Me, and I, I love it. Like, not only do I love it, but they have Easter eggs in it as well, and I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool that they have Easter eggs for people to be able to find um, on the DVD. Whew, Lord. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I, I just couldn't... Even with all the scandal that went on, with Jada and the creators that kind of actually made me want to see it even less knowing the relationship that she had with him, you know? So do you think, do you think it's ever really possible to tell somebody's full story in a biopic or do they really need to focus on like a specific part of their life? I think it's, tell, you know what I'm I think it's all according to the parties that you bring to the table to be a part of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I know if I was making the story of somebody's life, I would do my best to bring people from different areas of his life like I, I wouldn't want it to be the people who are telling his story are his close friends who he made when he was in the on, on the west coast you know um and those are the only people who get to tell the story because if that is the case then you're missing out on all of the people who were on the east coast you know so it's like talk to people who are at the school for the arts and that was one of my biggest issues is that I went to the same high school that he went to and I heard so many stories about him from our teachers. And in my mind, I'm like, so we don't get to, I, I want to see something that delves into that because I feel like it plays a big part in who Tupac actually was underneath how misunderstood he was. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people will tell you that past him being so, you know, I guess kind of braggadocious and problematic, he was an amazing human being. And he did a whole lot of things that you never got to see, you know? So speaking of Jada, let's get into the final film for us to talk about over the summer. (laughs) And that would be Girls Trip. (laughs) I know this is a movie that uh, we both surprise each other on because we don't agree on a whole lot, but we both agree that we... But I liked the movie as to be expected, and you actually liked it. I said, shut up. (laughs) I enjoyed it a lot. I think it had a really awesome message. I think that it was well acted. Uh It uh, it gave you a good amount of feels, you know? Uh I definitely appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. um, For a number of reasons, I... uh, I'm happy, like, Kenya Burst, like, even behind the scenes, the Kenya Burst and, uh, well, shoot. And, uh, you know, like, uh, why can't I speak right now? Listen, listen. I'm happy uh, that 
a lot of our listeners a lot of our listeners may not know this about you but you know you're behind the scenes people so i'm gonna just let them know that (laughs) because if you having a slip up i want them to know this is really rare for you because you know your people so uh, oh, I'm uh, sure for, Packer also produced this one. Yeah, um, I believe he did. Okay, so yeah, I'm happy like they're all like on this upward trend, and then they gave uh, Tracy Oliver. I think this might be. Uh, she also co-wrote the Barbershop, uh, the latest Barbershop movie with Kenya Barris. Okay, and then you know they did this together too. I'm so happy she's doing more things. I'm, I'm like, and then front of the on front of the camera, I'm happy that we see Jada and Queen Latifah back together again. In fact, we even see Jada acting again. Mm-hmm. It's like it's been forever. That Regina Hall finally was able to like lead a film. You know what I'm saying? That Tiffany Haddish was able to become, be the breakout star. And I'm hoping it's an upward trend also. You know what I'm, I'm just really, I'm also happy it was so successful because that means that they're all able to get more opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, don't shade Jada. You talk about she hasn't been acting in forever, but she's on Gotham. So. Well, she's not at the box office in forever. Is that better? I wasn't trying to be shady. I was like, it's it, it's bad enough that a good amount of the industry often ignores what it is that she does. <laughs> no, but I okay, it's real. So you brought it up because I was trying to be shady. Because originally though, she was just supposed to be on there like the first season or something, right? And they ended up extending her character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening. It's like 400 plus television shows currently on. I cannot keep up with them all. And I already told you, I don't like DC like that earlier. So it's not my fault. But yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed that Regina Hall was the lead character. Um, a lot of people were talking about how much they loved Tiffany Haddish, but honestly, Regina Hall was my biggest takeaway. I loved uh-huh. that she had that role. I really uh-huh. did. I thought it was a very different role for her. I did not expect for her to be the one narrating it. Like it 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 was a very very pleasant surprise. I'm really really happy for her because she's been in the game for a minute. You know. Yeah, <laughs> but you were uh, you were mentioning the four hundred something shows that are on television right now, and that's a great segue into our ending for our pop culture conversation, which is television. And there was a good bit of television that was taking place. Um, so we have quite a bit that we have to get through. We have to get through uh, all of the different shows and two award shows that were on. So. <laughs> Let's go ahead and knock those out. So first, own. What would you like to say about own? I love. That. I feel like she's. Mm, maybe this is what I want to feel like. If so I could be wrong, but <laughs> I, I feel like she's finally. <clears throat> I don't know if this is the network she always envisioned. Mm-hmm. That's what she's finally getting, mm-hmm. or if this is what best works for her modified vision if you get what i'm saying because sometimes you can have a goal and a vision in mind but then it, it does not come the way you expect it or in the package that you want it so i still think that she's definitely pushing the envelope and being thought-provoking and challenging and you know, emotionally stirring with the new script of series that she keeps coming that keep coming on right but i'm also not certain if this is exactly the way she wanted it Do you get what i'm saying absolutely but absolutely I love the direction that we're going in with queen sugar with Greenleaf, I know you're not a soap opera fan. I am. It's fine. Um, and then Mar Rocket Hill is finally gonna get what she deserves when she goes over there with her show on. Own. And then uh, <laughs> Terrell McCraney. Oh, Alvin McCraney. Let me say his full name. So nobody beat me up. Um, gonna have his show on there. So I'm just like really happy and excited for the things that they're over there doing. Awesome. And I love too that they're all 
different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there, there'd be like a, a through line. I'm sure, kind of. Still, you know what I'm saying? Still to fit the own brand, kind of. But they're all very different artists. Absolutely. Kind of thing. Definitely. So I love that too. Well, uh, the only show that I'm really watching right now, with the exception of, of course, you know, like Masterclass and Super Soul Sunday and things of that nature, mm-hmm. are the only scripted series that I'm watching right now would be Queen Sugar. And I absolutely love. <laughs> well, some of our some of our listeners may have an issue with you being behind, but I've never seen episode one. So I don't have all at the current moment. So I'm behind. If they gonna give me their own password, I watch. <laughs> Sorry, Queen Sugar. That's real. That's very. Real. <laughs> well, um, some of the things that I really appreciated about the the first half of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Micah's trauma with what he had to deal with when it came to the police. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was very, very powerful. Um, and the relationship with his father. Um, I think that it has been awesome to show the difference in his relationship with his father and Ralph Angel and Blue. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, just showing those different dynamics and the different ages as well. I've really enjoyed being able to see those and being able to see them going there, you know, emotionally. Um, And fathers showing up. That really, really has meant a lot to me to see black fathers and the fact that they show that even though they try to make it seem like black men are not there for their sons, that's not always the case. A good amount of the time, that's not the case. You feel me? Um, So I'm happy they showed that. Uh, Also, Nova's relationship like, it, it's so interesting to see her journey from season one into season two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're they're giving you this broad spectrum of what it is that she finds to be attractive. And mm-hmm. it's I think it's a breath of fresh air in separating her from her brother and sister as well, of truly giving her her own personality. And yeah. the complexities that have been coming along with the man that she's getting to know right now, I can't think of his name at the moment. Um, maybe I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, horrible. I tried, but um, and it's something I feel like it's something common too. But right, right. Um, <laughs> it's like a last name. <laughs> yes. But um, one thing I will say is that Ralph Angel almost caught these hands this season because of the way he was treating Darla, and when he and <laughs> when he and Charlie were going through everything they were going through, and he wanted for Darla to stop. Because of the way that he felt about his sister. And I'm like, when Charlie said what she said, I mean, not Charlie, when uh, Darla said what she said to him, I really appreciated it. Because I expected for her to be meek and to make a decision that she wasn't going to move forward for herself, you know. But with her being an addict, she understands full well what she needs to do to work on her recovery. So I was happy that, you know, she had the backbone to let him know that that's not how it was going to go down, you know. Um, Yeah, and I think too just even like with both of their journeys her being an addict and then him being like formally in jail or whatever it's like his not to diminish his struggle but it's it's very different whereas like an addict is a daily everyday thing that you're like internally dealing with right his is more so like really an external thing like okay this was my past and now how do i continue to move forward and so with him it's kind of like okay i already did jail that's done let me move forward with her it's not as easy right but also too as they continuously told us, too, that he was, like, pretty much coddled and pretty much babied by their father mm-hmm. most of his life. He's also the youngest child. Exactly. So exactly. a lot of that is just really showing up 
in him as an adult. But that shows great writing, you know? It shows great writing that exactly what you just said, that that's able to be conveyed to us and we can see it happen in his day-to-day life without them having to say it, you know? Listen, we love writing. We love great Listen, all day here for the writing. Talk about it. <laughs> okay, so we're going to knock out several shows uh, really quick, mostly because I have nothing to say about them because I haven't seen them. So <laughs> you'll be you'll be handling well i saw carmichael season one but i saw none of season yeah. two so that'll I be hope you that ended this summer sadly it did um and i'm still not quite sure because it was like several stories going on at once so i'm not sure the truth is you know in there somewhere because it was like uh he wanted to end the show because they didn't air the um the because he, like, witnessed a, a mass shooting. Yeah. So they didn't want to air it on a certain day. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they said that pretty much the ratings weren't where they wanted them to be for them to come back. So the network decided to end it. So I, I'm I'm sad because I feel like it was a needed show. I feel like with the different mix of different types of comedies, black comedies specifically, that were on. Absolutely. I love that all of them are so very different from each other. Absolutely. And I, I love an old school traditional throwback. It was giving me all of all in the family, everything Norm McLear put his hands on. Mm-hmm. It was the Carmichael show to me. It's uh, and it sucks too because we know that minority um, actors, meaning everybody but straight white men, mm-hmm. is a struggle <laughs> to get to get work. Right. And so you know, it sucks that. We don't know when we're going to see them again. Right. Because we know they're all talented, but we don't know how long we have to wait. Right. Kind of thing. <clears throat> exactly. <clears throat> um, I absolutely loved the first season. And what mm-hmm. did, it, did it end up being three seasons? It was three, yeah. Three, yeah. So I didn't see the last two, and I absolutely need to because I loved the first season. And I agree with you. I thought that it was much needed, and it helped toward the balance of being able to see so many different types of shows for black people you know um it is a wonderful time in television to be able to turn on the television and i have so many different characters i mean so many characters that all seem alike you have so many options and i thought that it played a part in being a very big option for people for all the reasons why you just said um okay so while i saw season one of carmichael show i haven't seen any of marlon so what did you think of that marlon i enjoyed it um okay I do think, sadly, it's probably going to be a one-and-done thing. Okay. Because it was a summer show. I don't think it was heavily promoted. I I think it's enjoyable. I think all the Wayans are funny. But I do think that, like, Keenan, Damon, and Kim are the funniest mm-hmm. of the siblings. And um, I think he was pretty much, like, his own venture, like, outside of the family. I think it was, like, maybe only one or two. Because, you know, they usually all work together. I think it was only, like, one or two of them behind the scenes. Right. Which I get, you know, at a certain point, you want to be an adult and do things on your own, whatever. But also, if it works, then continue to do it kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I think that he's very talented. I love Essence Atkins. I don't, we don't see enough of her. But I don't know if it was funny enough or got enough attention for it to come back for season two. It was a nice family sitcom, but mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I don't know if maybe it needed to be somewhere else. I don't know if they needed somebody stronger behind it. I'm not sure. I don't see it coming back for season two, but it might. Right, right. Because, I mean, the Carmichael show surprised me because the first season was so, like, here and then gone. You know what I'm saying? That's very true. That's very true. So now that brings us into two of the biggest shows of the summer. Well, 
one of them wasn't necessarily the summer. It kind of ended. About 17. Right. I'm about to say it kind of ended in the summer. Both of them actually 16, 17. Right. Right. (laughs) So people people could kind of get on us because they're like, "Um, that show wasn't during the summer. But I I just feel like we need to talk about it. But the first one being one that was in the summer, and that is Insecure. This was an awesome season of Insecure. Yes. It was really, really good. And, uh, it was really good. It was too short, but you know. Listen, and I need you to understand that when I tell you Issa goes hard and letting people know what we're not going to get, <laughs> I feel I don't like. I want an hour. I, I know. Just, just give me, just give me l- listen. 10 or 12 episodes. Yes. That I do need. I need more than eight. I need more than eight. And I need for her to start hearing that part because I see her do so many interviews where she makes sure to drive home about the hour thing. And I'm like, listen, sweetie, we're going to let that go. Give us those 10 to 13. (laughs) This is all I'm saying. Give us those 10 to 13 and we're going to be good. Literally it. I feel like we can have an entire podcast all by itself for Insecure. Um, But one of the things I appreciated that uh, I appreciated that they broached the topic of open relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a conversation that I do believe needs to happen more often, uh, not only in television, but day to day life, because there's a lot of shaming exactly. when it comes to that. Um, I, a lot of people just don't get it. I think too, that we, I could be wrong. Cause I've told you before, it's my television on. Mm-hmm. I have never seen like a black couple in open relationship on TV before. Hmm. Because there's so much television, I would need time to go through that. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, I don't think that I've ever, and especially not. And if it was, it probably was like a very special episode. If you get what I'm saying, exactly, like a, exactly. Fully explore this thing, and I watched the interview she did where she was saying, "We're really, well, I mean, they're not going to explore it too much to the point where we're going to really know the ins and outs because we're, we're, we're just getting it from Molly's point of view, basically, right? But at least the fact that it's still a continuous thing that may or may not come back." season three no spoiler alert here but you get what i'm saying when uh when i tell you that miss orgy played that role like to to watch her it's it's one thing to see her do interviews you know Mm -hmm. um but then to see her as molly for one i feel like shows her acting chops because especially Mm -hmm. what it is she goes through with her insecurities when it comes to men you know um, mm-hmm. And I feel like it was only made worse when she found out what she found out in her family. Doing my best to not do spoilers, just like you. Um, mm-hmm. When she found, I do think she extremely overreacted. But you know, listen, overreacting was a theme. Overreacting was a theme in this season. You hear me? <laughs> Whew. Jesus. But it's funny that you said that because the next thing I have down for us to discuss is Issa being problematic, <laughs> sweetie. When I tell you the scene with her and uh, Daniel, right? Daniel's his name? Mm-hmm, that's his name. The scene with her and Daniel, I, I can't. I can't and I won't. Like, okay. But not so, just the scene, the fact that we're still upset the whole next episode. Listen. And I'm, I know we're, we're, not, we're doing our best to not be. I was upset with her too. I was like, wait a minute. Are, we, are y'all not like 29? They. Did he not? Warn you? I was so that whole episode, the next episode, <laughs> that whole next episode triggered me so bad. Like, <laughs> I don't know the last time television ever triggered me that much. Like, <laughs> the minute they started off complaining about what happened, and Molly was talking about going over to his house, and I'm sitting there like, really? Because he came on her face? Like, <laughs> okay, come on, 
Triple spoilers. Yeah. No, I, I decided. I'm sorry. We we, <laughs> we we really did our best, but I'm no, sorry. But he said I'm coming. He literally, folks keep forgetting. Like, did he warn her yet? He said I'm coming. That's the end of the conversation. Really, you were the one giving so him head. You got one or two choices at that moment, <laughs> and she made neither. Like, I, you like literally, you had two options, and you did neither one. I don't understand. He said, no, I'm just going to stand here. He's like, <laughs> and, and then I'm mad. What? Oh, boy. Okay. Um, but, but let's be clear. We also learned this season that Lawrence isn't innocent by any means. You know? Um, I'm Lawrence High. Team Lawrence all day. I'm Team Lawrence be, all be day. Just because I'm Team Lawrence does not mean that he is always right. A exactly. Lot of folks, confused. They'd be like, oh, you see your boy this week? I saw him. And he fucking up. Just like Issa, <laughs> just like Molly. Everybody on the show. Listen, a mess. I saw him. I did. I'm and, I'm, and I'm still Lawrence Hive all day. <laughs> because my Lawrence Hive is on the facts. Solely that Issa cheated. It's nothing else. <laughs> I just made my decision then. Because if I could choose again, I would be Team Kelly. But hey. <laughs> Because because Kelly is worthy of a team. Kelly is worthy of a yeah, team. Deserving. Deserving. Now, granted, we don't see her problematic mess. Than, you know, we only see her coming crack jokes. Well, so the sure the, she... the the only reason why we haven't seen that is because clearly the the, the creators don't understand when you say someone is is going to be full time. Get some tea. She she's going to be a full time cast member now. <laughs> that that means she's supposed to actually be in scenes. Okay. Okay. Just just figured I'd I'd go ahead and let people know how I feel about her and Amanda Seals not getting their their time. But you know, Tiffany is never there. I thought we saw her more in season one. We saw her more in season one. Let's be very clear. You saw more of her oh. husband this season than you did of her. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, also, to clear something else up, I don't know if we discussed this um, off the podcast or whatever, but I was watching the interview with Issa again, and she was saying everybody had the whole thing wrong in the finale about the um, about Tiffany not being there to watch the, the, the show of the finale of watching Do North. Mm-hmm. Like, his folks were like, oh, maybe something's wrong, something's up. No, she really, they just wanted to be that she's sick, and she didn't make it. There's nothing else going on. Listen. When I tell (laughs) you that never crossed my mind once, and I thought that was so interesting that everybody was reaching, I was like, I didn't read more into that at all. Like, she's she's not she's not there. Like, I don't know. I I think only read into it because they hinted earlier that they had issues in their marriage, and then even in that same episode in the scene, you know, I'm saying Derek talks about the person that she had at work, right? Kind of flirted with her or whatever. But I mean, I, I feel like in the, the Facebook live video that they did afterward, that Issa herself, you know, she was she she pretty much made it clear that, no, this is our, quote unquote, successful relationship. You yeah, know, that's the interview that I saw. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and she's like, we, we make sure to reference in the past the problems that they've had, you know, but these are this is our successful couple. So I was like, OK, people, stop trying to <laughs> stop trying to have everybody single on the show. Like, <laughs> I bet. So let us go ahead and take that curiosity over to our last show, which is <laughs> this is us. 
which I binged this summer. I did not watch it all. Listen, on here's here's the reason why it was a, a summer show because while all the rest <laughs> of us finished it at the end of at the end of spring, you decided that you were going to binge it because you were the only one out of the loop. So welcome I was into the loop. In August, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not even, you know, like any other month. Like, not, no. But um, I enjoyed it. I really liked it. I, you're not going to agree, and that's fine. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's as emotional as they try to portray it to be. Oh, you'll eat it. I cry once. The majority of our listeners don't agree, so it's fine. It's okay. I, um, (laughs) whatever. I, I really enjoyed this show, but it's like, Parenthood to me was like this show on NBC that I was like, okay, I got a lot. I need my tissue every week. This is us does not do that for me. Mm. I really enjoy it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Shit's dope. So one of the things that pulled out the most tears for me were uh, Randall and William's relationship, he and his father. Mm-hmm. And of course the acting is superb from both of us. I mean, both of us, both of them. <laughs> Listen, can act out of a paper bag. Listen, yes. all day, all day. Um, and the Memphis episode is what really took me there, you know. Um, it was so beautiful to see their relationship and the way that the story was told. Uh, with mm-hmm. that being said, I also love the relationship between Randall and Beth, his wife. Mm-hmm. And the way that that's portrayed. And not, not only that they are married and in a romantic relationship, but they're friends. You can really get that they're friends. And I don't, I don't feel that we see enough of that on television, you know? Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I love to be able to see is the relationship between uh, Issa and Lawrence and then Randall and Beth. Because I feel like with Issa, Issa and Lawrence, you can tell two people who got in a relationship who weren't friends first. You feel me? And I feel like it wasn't really a navigation of doing friendship and romance at the same time. And I'm a huge proponent of doing that. And I feel like you can see that with Randall and Beth, that these are two people that are, that are married. They're a team. They're friends. You know, um, you can see all yes. of these things together. And that's the reason why the relationship works is because they don't see each other. It's just like, OK, well, we got into a relationship. Let's change all the rules of when we were first getting to know each other and operate in this space of whatever relationship it's supposed to be. You feel me? Yes, that makes a lot of sense. I do think, um, of course, you know, they're my favorite because they're the black couple, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I do really enjoy that. I do think I am happy that they're stable. Of course, problems are going to come. But I also like that, too, when you really challenge a stable couple because life happens and things are going to, like, come up. But you know what I'm saying? But they're able to still persevere together. They're still able to, like, talk it out, actually. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. Like, about things. And Absolutely. So I really love that. I'm not here at all. <laughs> for Miguel. You knew what I was gonna say. I will I will I never <laughs> Okay. So we're we're gonna leave uh-huh. that there. Cause this is absolutely this is absolutely a show you don't want to spoil. But yeah. <laughs> I, I need people to understand him. that Miguel is not nearly as bad as you make him seem, but yeah. <laughs> I don't see it for him at all. Listen, whatever. whatever. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I initially was saying to myself that I wanted to go further in these conversations, but I just realized what I typed up for us to discuss was perfect because everything that I discuss are all things that don't give away spoilers. 
Uh Wow. Good job. Okay. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and move on because everything else is a spoiler. So (laughs) those are the only relationships that aren't hidden. So (laughs) with that being said, this was an Emmy nominated show. So let's make our way over to the Emmys. Yes. Okay. Now, I... The, I missed it on Sunday, mm-hmm. but then I, I was able to see like the first hour, first hour and a half on the CBS app, and then the app stopped working for me. Okay. So, <laughs> I saw enough of the show, I didn't see all of the show. So, I took <laughs> copious notes, um, and because of that... That's copious. What? <laughs> because of that, I'm going to let you leave, and I'm going to just ask my commentary. Yes. What what I'm going to do is I'm going to read off different things and then, you know, we can chime in on the things that you feel like you want to comment on. So uh, there was a cute intro by Stephen Colbert. And Uh during that intro, the thing that really stuck out to me the most, other than Sean's, uh, well, no, that didn't happen during the intro. Uh, Chance the Rapper, (laughs) Chance the Rapper had a part. Um, Uh And I really appreciated that part. Uh, when he came out, because I didn't expect for them for him to have something during the intro. Uh, but then what else did I say? Um, oh, he mentioned things about, uh, this is Chance the Rapper. He mentioned something about police getting convicted and about uh, Laverne Cox. And why is it if we can have shows like MASH, we're not able to have shows with Laverne Cox in the lead doing the exact same thing. And that completely caught me off guard that Chance the Rapper was rapping about that. I was like, that was pretty awesome. Um, Stephen Colbert made a comment about Bill Maher because he was talking about all of the uh, black people who were in attendance and he was like but Bill Maher's not there and he was like it was surprising seeing how he's so comfortable using the n-word and that made me fall out Um, then Sean Spicer came out Uh, for those who aren't aware of who Sean Spicer is he's the former press secretary for the guy who's in the White House right now Um, so (laughs) he came out and surprised everyone and I don't know I was on the opposite side there are a lot of people who feel some kind of way about the fact that he was there I was not one of them to me it was hilarious Um, there were a lot of people and everyone is entitled to their opinion I want to say that first before I make this next comment but I don't get why people were in their feelings like at, at the end of the day it was a funny moment he came out we got to see the reaction on melissa mccarthy's face she's played him on saturday night saturday night live and it was funny let it go there there's not more to that you know everyone's talking about well when he was in the white house he lied to us and blah 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 good job you've been lied to more than once like i don't <laughs> jo- join in with the laughter and keep it moving or don't laugh at all the the fact that it was made to be so much more is kind of like it was a moment on a television show like an awards program like why is this a thing so anyway that's my feelings on that um, <laughs> <laughs> i don't have any no. <laughs> um but okay so then i was telling you because for those who are listening uh before it got to the point where brandon was uh, watching the show i was texting my feelings about certain things to him and the announcer for the night his name was jermaine fowler and uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> are you are you are you reflecting back on what I was saying? Um, <laughs> so he initially annoyed the crap out of me, and the reason why he annoyed the crap out of me is because it seemed like he was very out of place for the Emmys. Uh, he was absolutely giving me BET vibes, and I was like, Ooh, 
what's happening? Like, I don't, this, this doesn't seem like one and the same. And that's no knock to BET at all. If he was there, then I would have been like, okay, you know, I'm rocking with him. He has so no, much. That's real. I think he was a lot more lively than the announcers usually are. The announcers usually seem very, like, they're dignified and they're, like, down. And that's just like, this is Viola Davis, who has been nominated three times. Right. her first TV right. win. And he was like, that's Viola Davis. She nominated three times. Like, okay. <laughs> And, and that's just it the funny thing is is that i started i started off super annoyed by him but by the end of it i was actually okay like by the end of it i was laughing at some of the stuff that he was saying um but yeah, it was off-putting at first because it's we're not used to that yes and i, I felt like too, that i think he was like i don't think he was putting on i think that's like genuinely him so that kind of made me that's genuinely him yup yup absolutely um Okay, so what other notes did I have? Okay, so let's talk about the winners really quick because when I tell you I took serious notes, I have so many things I was talking about so we can knock out some of the winners we want to talk about really quick. Okay, so um, of course, you know, I'm here all day for the fact that Best Director for a Comedy Series and Best Actor for a Comedy Series were both won by Mr. Donald Glover. Ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, I didn't know you were taking a pause. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait. Now you're making me now I feel bad. I know you're taking a pause. Oh god. Wait a okay. minute. The I shade the shade I, that just came I, over I, this conversation. I, 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 I didn't get shaded yet. I watched Atlanta. I enjoyed Atlanta. Okay. Um, I didn't see the whole thing. But I don't think it's my kind of comedy. Mm, um, I, yes. I don't we've we've discussed. I, I said before, watch it, watch it. Don't do too much. <laughs> Like I said before, I'm very traditional. I like, you know what I'm saying, a live track. I like a live studio audience normally. Um, I I like things to be a little bit more serialized, just on television in general. I don't I'm not the biggest fan normally of when shows give you one kind of thing one week and then one kind of thing next week and then you know what I'm saying? I think that sometimes that works and it can be enjoyable, but that's not my go to, that's not my favorite. So for that, I'm very happy that you know he made history. Very happy he won again, like Easter Rae said, a move for all the black people. However, comma Atlanta was not my favorite comedy of 2016-17 television season. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I absolutely respect that. I absolutely <laughs> respect that. Because I did watch the whole season, so mm. I know what I'm talking about. Mm. I know enough to know mm. that it's not my go-to. Uh, in, 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 <laughs> indeed. Um, so, <laughs> so, so mean, with that being said... I have a friend who watched the pilot and said, this is not what I'm going to do. And I said, hey, I knew you wasn't going to, but... It, it's, it's not for everyone. And it's not. At Atlanta has a specific type of humor. Which is the reason why it made it my favorite of all the new shows, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was absolutely my favorite. I believe Queen Sugar would probably come second. Um, but, oh my goodness, Atlanta blew me away. The 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 writing, I love dry, you know, and you and I have talked about that. Um, I love the kind of humor that could go over your head if you're not prepared. Um, mm-hmm. I love abstract. Pretty much I love everything that is Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. And mm-hmm. I feel like he got the perfect cast to be able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. 
Not only did he get the perfect cast for Atlanta, but I'm really happy that because he had to take a break for a year to be able to do uh, the movies that he's doing, it gave them all an opportunity to step out. And every single person in that cast are all doing great things separate from Atlanta, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just going to mean even more for when season two comes. Yeah. And, and I, I think, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think, to, no, about that break, though, I think that they were, I hate to say lucky, but you know what I'm saying? I feel like so many times, or like you said, if like the creators behind it or the lead would have been like, okay, we're going to take a break. I, I feel like it's rare that everybody else also gets something in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm, for that reason, too, I'm very happy, too. Because, you know, I mean, actors like to be working actors. Right. Everybody need a check. So, I'm right. happy that they were all able to get things and big things and multiple things. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, and then, away from his wins, congratulations, Donald. We also had Lena Waithe and Aziz Ansari win writing for a comedy for... That's uh, <laughs> for master of none and i consider lena's speech to be the speech of the night like that was absolutely amazing absolutely amazing um and she made history because she became the first black woman to ever win in that category or or to be nominated either listen which is like (sighs) because it's pretty much spitting it's spitting in the face of so many women you love Say, say what you feel. Say what you feel. First, you know what I'm no, I mean, I don't necessarily want to call them racist. I, I mean, that's what it is. It just doesn't feel right to say. But you know what I'm saying? I hate that with all of the populated black 90s sitcoms and even the early 2000s or whatever, that nothing was ever nominated or even... That's you know real talk. It was like they really had to like depend on the NAACP Image Awards and the BET Awards and then, you know what I'm saying, for a while it was the BET Comedy Awards. Yes. Um, so you know what I'm saying? It, it just really sucks that... That has to be the first win. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the first held nomination. Absolutely. Because I think they said that Mindy Kaling uh, was the first woman of color nominated for, I can't remember if it was The Office or if it was the Mindy Kaling project. Yeah, I'm not but, sure which but, one it was, too. But even the fact that, though, like, even that is still in the 2000s. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. Absolutely. And there, there, there was so much greatness that came before. And to know that other shows were never in that category and you know other writers weren't in that category is that's insane it honestly is exactly you know um but it really is just a behind the scenes thing it's nothing to discount any of the work that anybody did. absolutely sucks absolutely um also <clears throat> riz ahmed won for lead actor in a limited series and that was for the night of on hbo uh I really need to finish that. I saw the first episode, and it was amazing. And he was also a first, the first South Asian man to win um, in that category. Yes, he was. His amazingly fine self. But anyway. <laughs> and then, as we spoke of earlier, Mr. Sterling K. Brown won for lead actor in a drama series. Uh, so and it was historic, the first one in, like, almost 20 years. Yeah, since Robert Guillaume like, won for Benson back in the 80s. So yeah, that's uh, that's. No, I thought somebody else. No, 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 that was Donald Glover's uh, win. Oh, that was Donald. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. You're Donald. right. Yeah, for comedy. So that was even longer. 
Lord, why did I why did I say drama with Robert Guillaume? <laughs> Benson was clearly a comedy. My bad. Um, yes, that was Donald Glover who had won for the first time since yeah. <laughs> but I can't remember who won before Sterling. I can't remember. But that that oh, but says that says so much because it's like people are always making arguments about the content and stuff not being there. But I feel like you can't say that with this. I feel like we have had many memorable characters of color on television. You feel me? And I'm like, the fact that there are such huge spaces in between when they win is just, no, I'm not here for it. I'm not. Honestly, too, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, Julia Louise Dreyfus. I'm really uh, ready for it to be but over. Also, too, I need the category to be uh, a little bit more cut up in there. Yeah. Just because she gone don't mean that it's going to only be somebody else white. Like, right. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> that that's very true. Uh, I also I also don't like that it seems like they have a quota for how many people of color can be there. Um, because mm-hmm. Kerry Washington was being was getting nominated for Scandal, and then the minute they brought along Viola, Kerry was no longer nominated. You know. Um, also, there's no reason why Insecure should have been left out of as many things. You know, I'm here all day for Atlanta, but Insecure absolutely mm-hmm. deserves more nominations. You know. Um, exactly. So I'm like, I don't like that. It seems like there's a quota. Like, okay, this is where it's going to be, and we have to leave it right here, or else nobody else can get nominated. Um, so I think that's BS. Uh, another, a, a few other things that I really liked. I thought it was funny when RuPaul did her uh, her little skit as, as playing Emmy, having a conversation with Stephen Colbert. Um, I love the Westworld skit with uh, Jeffrey uh, Wright and Stephen Colbert. <laughs> and then Titus Burgess came in. Um, Can we, okay, we're talking about what Titus lost and that side eye he gave. No. <laughs> <laughs> He went with his natural reaction. <laughs> Which is real. I love it. But I'm like, good lord, you can't take us nowhere. Well, what about the um the woman? I can't remember. I can't remember who she was. And I forgot who won the award. I think it may have been when Nicole Kidman won for Best Actress in a Limited Series. I didn't see that But one there was a woman thing. who went off. You talking about Titus Side Eye? No, she literally was like, damn. Damn, shit. Like, she, while the camera's on her face. And then I don't even I I I don't think I got that far. Uh, yeah. Because I missed like the last I missed the really big one. Mind you, I never saw it when it happened. I only saw it once. You know, they started showing it on the news and all that <laughs> stuff. But she was so petty that after it was over, she went on social media and started tweeting about the person and everything. And I was like, well, well, shit, like, wow. Childish, childish. <laughs> like, like, you, I mean. Fans you nominated, that should be enough. Like, I mean, of course, everybody wants to win, but even those big nominations, though, even the nominations do mean something. Yeah, so, absolutely. Some people go, the whole career is never being nominated for nothing. Never being so, nominated for anything. You hear me? And we were just talking about that. Tracy is just now getting nominated for Blackish when I love Blackish, but I feel like she was doing 10 times more on Girlfriend. She should have. L- listen. Listen, that's a whole new conversation right there because that goes back to what we were saying earlier. <laughs> I, I feel like we need an entire podcast episode talking about that. The, the, the injustices of people of color on television. 
but but anyway (laughs) with that being said we have come to the end of this podcast so i would like to thank you for joining me for the beginning of the healing space uh for those of you who enjoy our banter as i said brandon will actually be on every single solitary episode so get used to him (laughs) if people would like to uh if people would like to, because I don't say follow, if people would like to walk with you on social media, where can they do that? You can do that on the Twitter <laughs> at just call me Otis. It's not my real name because I'm running from feds. So it's all, you know, one thing at just call me Otis. Um, but it's also my name on Instagram. My Instagram is private. So it's better if you just follow me on Twitter. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know what's called. Some be like, "Who is that?" I'll be like, "Look, a lot of attention." At some point, it'll be public, but uh-huh. that's for right now. It's still private. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not ready to get healed over there. We're gonna heal it's based on this podcast and on Twitter, you know. I can't. Um, <laughs> if you would like to be able to find uh, this podcast on SoundCloud and on YouTube, you can add it or find it at. THS podcast. Those are the letters T H S podcast. If you'd like to be able to walk with me on social media, uh, myself, I am Scorpy Yogi. So that's S C O R P I Y O G I. <laughs> Scorpy Yogi. And that is pretty much all over social media. Uh, you can find me on Instagram under that. You can find me on Twitter under that. Um, you can find my uh, like page, my fan page on Facebook under that. And yeah, I think that's everything as far as me for my companies. You can find the love movement on Instagram and Facebook under we are TLM, W-E-A-R-E-T-L-M. Uh, you can find uh, the THS podcast on Instagram as THS lowercase podcast, THS podcast. And on Twitter, underscore THS podcast. And I think that's it. Oh, Revolution. <laughs> I have so many things, Brandon. Look at you. <laughs> you can, can't keep up. You I don't can, think you're going to have to rewind. Shut up. <laughs> you're going to have to walk. You can walk with Revolution all over social media. Uh, on, with you all these places, on Instagram. On Instagram, Snapchat, and uh, Twitter. Revolution LLC. R-A-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-L-L-C. And I think that's it. I'm exasperated. Me too. <laughs> uh, also, if you're interested in any of my services, uh, you can email me at love at revolutionmultimedia.com. There we can talk about my meditation services, my yoga services, my life coaching services, and all that good stuff. Again, I'd like to thank yes. you for joining Make us. Sure they know you don't have to be in Atlanta to get them services. Come on you now. Over the internet. Come on, you teamwork. Can you can get your FaceTime. <laughs> so just because you're not in Atlanta don't mean you can't get no services from Ray. That is so, very true. Get your coins together. <laughs> it ain't that expensive. Don't do that. Don't do that. So you can reach out. You can get your meditation on. Get your yoga on. Yes, just not on this podcast. Shondo. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. We we are going to go now. And 
we will see all of you in two weeks for the next episode of the Healing Space podcast. We hope you're healed. Until then, peace and namaste.